Hello, is anyone there? It's been a while, but this is another LibriVox community podcast, and I'm Amelia Chesley. This is my first podcast, and hopefully people like it. The occasion for this podcast is our 12th anniversary. On August 10th this week, we'll have our 12th birthday. Twelve whole years ago, Hugh McGuire had the great idea of asking volunteers to record public domain audiobooks, and here we are now with almost 11,000 finished projects in the catalog. The full stats are 11,643 total projects, 10,971 completed, and 8,206 readers who've completed something with LibriVox so far. In July alone, we cataloged 96 projects, so we are doing pretty well. For this episode today, I just want to talk a little bit about what I was up to 12 years ago and memories that I have, and we'll have a selection of excerpts, a LibriVox dozen of 12 projects that have been cataloged over the past year, and a thank you from Maria, some suggestions from Mary, then there will be a quick look at the new 12th anniversary collection that people have been working on. So that's the plan for this episode, and I'll get started with my memories of August 2005. I was about to be a senior in college that year. I was majoring in English, taking a lot of writing classes, and learning web design. I remember being on the internet all the time, but somehow I must have missed LibriVox starting, or I wasn't ready to join at the time, I guess. Okay, for the LibriVox dozen, I received a few nominations and browsed around the completed works forum to look for a few others, and these are the 12 that stood out to me and looked interesting. First up, one year ago, in August 2016, we were completing 10,000 works, and the very 10,000th one was Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1. It's a very cute little collection, and I was able to read one of the stories for it, too. The first one is read by Avayi. Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1, by Song Ling Pu. Translated by Herbert Allen Giles. Chapter 1 examination for the post of guardian angel my eldest sister's husband's grandfather named sung tao was a graduate for september 2016 is a project that i remember seeing in the suggestions forum when i very first joined librivox it's cyropedia the education of cyrus by xenophon translated by h g dakins this first section is read by larry wilson book one chapter one we have had occasion before now to reflect how often democracies have been overthrown by the desire of some other type of government how often monarchies and oligarchies have been swept away by movements of the people october twenty sixteen gives us a solo project apparently the first detective novel ever written the moonstone by wilkie collins tony addison reads these lines I address these lines written in India to my relatives in England. My object is to explain the motive which has induced me to refuse the right hand of friendship to my cousin, John Herncastle. The reserve which I have hitherto maintained in this matter has been misinterpreted by members of my family, whose good opinion I cannot consent to forfeit. 
For November of 2016, a recommendation from Maria, Ida B. Wells' Mob Rule in New Orleans. It's a very important and still relevant topic. A solo by Holly Jensen starts out like this. Immediately after the awful barbarism which disgraced the state of Georgia in April of last year, during which time more than a dozen colored people were put to death with unspeakable barbarity, I published a full report showing that Sam Hose, who was burned to death during that time, never committed a criminal assault, and that he killed his employer in self-defense. Since that time, I have been engaged on a work not yet finished which I interrupt now to tell the story of the mob in New Orleans. A really interesting project I noticed was cataloged in December 2016, an issue of National Geographic magazine from 1896. I didn't know that LibriVox had magazines in its catalog, so this one was pretty cool. Section 1 of The National Geographic Magazine, Volume 7, September 1896. The Recent Earthquake Wave on the Coast of Japan by Eliza Ruamas-Sidmore On the evening of June 15, 1896, the northeast coast of Hondo, the main island of Japan, was struck by a great earthquake wave, tsunami, which was more destructive of life and property than any earthquake convulsion of this country in that empire. For the first of the year, I chose a collection of poems, The Englishman and Other Poems by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. This one's read by Betty B. The Queen's Last Ride by Ella Wheeler Wilcox, written on the day of Queen Victoria's funeral. The Queen is taking a drive today. They have hung with purple the carriage way. They have dressed with purple the royal track, where the Queen goes forth and never comes back. For February, we have another poetry collection, The Placid Pug and Other Rhymes by Lord Alfred Douglas. I had to choose this one because I just got married and my husband has a pug named Wesley, and he's very cute. Fittingly, Algie Pug reads the first poem. The Placid Pug by Alfred Douglas. The Placid Pug that paces in the park, harnessed in silk and led by leathern lead, lives his dull life and wrecks not of the shark in distant waters lapped in sloth and greed he fails in strenuous life to make a mark the placid pug that paces in the park lynn thompson reads the first section of this korean folk tales collection and lynn was my very first book coordinator and meta coordinator when i joined librivox so it's very fun to hear her voice to anyone who would like to look somewhat into the inner soul of the oriental and see the peculiar spiritual existences among which he lives the following stories will serve as true interpreters born as they are of the three great religions of the far east taoism buddhism and confucianism an old manuscript copy of imbang's stories came into the hands of the translator a year ago and he gives them now to the western world more poetry for april this time a weekly poetry collection the bamboo garden by edward powis mathers read for librivox dot org by barbara ann scott old bamboos are about my house and the floor of my house is untidy with old books it is sweet to rest in the shade of it and read the poems of the masters but i remember a delightful fisherman 
who played on the five-string dan in the evening. In the day he allowed his reed canoe to float over the lakes and rivers, watching his nets and singing. May's recommendation, again from Maria, is The Fireside Chats by Franklin D. Roosevelt. I'd heard of these, but never actually listened to them. So here's an excerpt. March 12th, 1933. My friends, I want to talk for a few minutes with the people of the United States about banking. To talk with the comparatively few who understand the mechanics of banking, but more particularly with the overwhelming majority of you who use banks for the making of deposits and the drawing of checks. I want to tell you what has been done in the last few days, and why it was done, and what the next steps are going to be. June's project is a children's Shakespeare storybook by Mary McLeod. I got to read the King Lear chapters for this, and Craig Franklin starts out the collection with The Tempest here. There was once a lonely island far away in the midst of a wide sea. Only four beings lived on this island. An elderly man called Prospero, noble, grave and learned, his daughter, Miranda, and two attendants. One of these attendants was a beautiful and dainty spirit called Ariel, the other a sullen monster called Caliban. One final excerpt is from The War of the Worlds, the Spanish translation, Read by Victor Villaraza. La Guerra de los Mundos, de Herbert George Wells, traducido por Ramiro de Maestú. Pero, ¿quién vive en esos mundos si están habitados? ¿Somos nosotros o ellos, los señores del universo? ¿Y por qué han de estar hechas todas las cosas para el Thank you to everyone who's contributed to these 12 projects and to every other part of LibriVox. And in the spirit of thank yous, here is a wonderful message from Maria Casper. This is Maria Casper, Common Sparrow on the forums, and I am here to talk about what LibriVox has meant over the last few months to my dad and to me. My dad is Ray Casper, Nat's nut on the forum. That's because he was a Washington Nationals fan. He just died last week. All his life he'd been a voracious reader. The last couple of years, with his eyesight starting to go a bit, he had to read with a magnifying glass. Five months ago he ended up in the hospital on a ventilator, lying down and rather weak, unable to hold a book at an awkward angle up in the air to read it and certainly not hold a magnifying glass at the same time. It just wasn't doable. We borrowed one of those little computer tablets from a friend. We found that we could bookmark the Internet Archive LibriVox catalog. All the hospital staffers had to do was two clicks, one to get to that page and one to click on a book, and my dad could listen to books all the time. That meant a lot to him. He had something that he could enjoy listening to. He was working his way through Sherlock Holmes' short stories near the end. He always enjoyed Holmes. I think the scandal in Bohemia and the speckled band were two of the last things he was listening to. Thank you, LibriVox. You made that tough five months a lot less tough. But I also have reason to thank LibriVox lately. Luckily, my dad was also an occasional reader for LibriVox. He didn't read much or often, but he did read a few things, and I've been able to click on those things and listen when I want to hear his voice again. And that's been a wonderful thing for me lately. 
There are two things he read that I find I've really enjoyed listening to. He read the part of a pirate in a dramatic reading of Treasure Island, and he also read a part in a dramatic reading version of a Robert Frost poem. I've been particularly grateful that he recorded both of those, because he does sound just like himself in those recordings, and I will always have a piece of his voice to listen to. I'm glad I discovered LibriVox as a listener a number of years ago, and I'm glad my dad came into it as a reader. It's been a happy hobby for both of us for a while now, but these last few months it's been a lifeline. Thank you for thinking of this. Thank you for starting this. Thank you for keeping it going for us. Just thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Maria, for that and for encouraging me to do this podcast in the first place. Now that we've looked back, we can look forward a little bit. Here are some suggestions for future LibriVox recordings. Hi, this is Mary in Arkansas. For LibriVox's 12th anniversary podcast, I'd like to record 12 book suggestions for LibriVox. I've read and enjoyed some of these books. Others sound interesting to me, so I've added them to my ever-growing list of to read. They're available through Gutenberg and or Archive. Listed in no particular order, I think that there are 12 good candidates for LibriVox. 1. Land of the Burnt Thigh by Edith Eudora Cole. A true story about two sisters homesteading in South Dakota in the early 1900s. This memoirs of these self-described girl homesteaders show the significant impact these women and other women had on their communities. 2. Lights and Shadows of New York Life by James Dabney McCabe. This very descriptive book tells all about New York City, from its beginnings to the contemporary time of the book. How contemporary? Well, Central Park was in the process of being completed, which was in the early 1870s. 3. Nuggets in the Devil's Punch Bowl and Other Australian Tales by Andrew Robertson. This book appeals to me simply because of the title. 4. The Jonathan Papers by Elizabeth Woodbridge Morris. Mrs. Morris was one of the first women to receive a Ph.D. from Yale University. She was influenced by her paternal ancestor, Reverend Jonathan Edwards, and often wrote about him. This collection of essays focus around him. 5. Behind Gray Walls by P.C. Murphy. An interesting-sounding short book written in 1920 by a man convicted to life imprisonment in an Idaho prison. 6. Hillsboro People by Dorothy Canfield Fisher. Poems and short stories by a woman who was an educational reformer, social activist, and best-selling American author in the early decades of the 20th century. Eleanor Roosevelt named her one of the ten most influential women in the United States. 7. Wisconsin Stories. The Great Peshtigo Fire by Reverend Peter Perrin. I stumbled across this book while searching for something else on archive.org. Written by a survivor of the fire, which occurred at the same time as the Great Chicago Fire, this little-known firestorm resulted in the greatest loss of life of any fire in the United States. 8. Strange True Tales of Louisiana by George Washington Cable. A compilation of seven unusual factual accounts of life and history in the area. 9. Tales of All Countries by Anthony Trollope, chosen simply because I like his books. 10. Limbo by Aldous Huxley. I don't recall that I've read anything by him. This is part of a short story collection that sounds interesting to me. 11. The Trial of Peter Zenger. 
john peter zanger was a german-american printer and journalist in new york city he was accused of libel in seventeen thirty four by william cosby the governor of new york but the jury acquitted zanger who became a symbol for freedom of the press twelve locked doors by mary roberts reinhardt i chose this simply because i liked the title it sounds like an entertaining mystery and that's my list of twelve books that i'd like to see recorded or is that here recorded on librivox oh by the way happy twelfth anniversary librivox Before we go, I'll put in a quick plug for the upcoming LibriVox 12th Anniversary Collection, soon to be catalogued, with a range of 12 and midnight and noon references. It's got 30 whole sections plus the song, and many readers reading interesting sounding stories like 12 Profitable Sonnets, or The Twelve Wild Ducks, or A Dozen Dainty Recipes for Preparing War Department Canned Meats. That one sounds very specific. So as soon as that one comes out, I hope you'll all go listen to it and enjoy and come volunteer with LibriVox if you haven't yet. <laughs> 